Happy Thursday, everybody. Super excited to have you tuned in. But you know what I'm excited for today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Carrie Newhoff's uh, Leaders Circle. Surrounding yourself with other high-capacity leaders is more important now than it's ever been before. Uh, so when you're well-connected, you can put meaning into the content that you're creating and make well-informed decisions. Listen, Kerry Newhoff created the Inner Circles back in March 2020, just in the tick nick of time for everything that we're experiencing. It's an inner circle of high-capacity leaders who have direct access to him and to one another. Over the last few months, this tribe of high-capacity high leaders have navigated the transition to becoming a digital organization, managing a remote team, and so much more. But listen, Kerry has opened up a few limited spots in the Inner Circle. And I want you to find out more about it. Listen, the Inner Circle is a monthly training system. Every month you get access to carry, you get a live Q&A, you get a, a private Slack group. It's just amazing. What I want you to do is I want you to text my name, Rich, to 33777. Now, if you're listening to this on the day this episode goes live on September 24th, this afternoon at 3.30 Eastern, uh, we have got an Ask Anything Live with Carrie Newhoff. Uh, you're going to want to check that out. Uh, we've got a link for it. You've been emailed about it if you're on our email. If you're not, you're going to have to check back. Uh, Ask Anything Live is today with Kerry Newhoff, and it's your chance to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. Uh, ask whatever's going on in your world. All right, friends. Well, let's jump into today's episode. It's going to be a great one. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Uh, and you're going to be rewarded for this today. I'm super excited to have a friend uh, on the podcast with us, John Finkeldy. He is from Australia. Uh, his 30, 30 plus years of pastoral experience uh, has just a really great background, is now helping churches, coaching churches really across Australia and around the world. Uh, and I'm super pumped to have him on. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Rich. Great to be with you and with all your listeners as well. Yeah, why don't we start by telling us a bit about your background, kind of who yeah. is John? Give us a bit of your story. Yeah, I live on the west coast of Australia, a city of 2 million people, Perth, and uh, pastored in the city, grew up in the city and pastored here for 30 years in our church. And uh, about eight, nine years ago, we launched a ministry called Grow a Healthy Church. I moved out of pastoring, handed over to my successor. And uh, we do consulting now uh, around the world. Um and coaching pastors and kind of working with churches just to improve their health, help pastors last the long term. So I'm big on sustainability for pastors, want them uh, staying in the game as long as possible, and also just helping churches around organizational leadership and how to structure their churches in a way that produces great disciples and healthy churches. Yeah, I love that. There's so much that uh, we could tap in um, with you, John. You've been on the podcast before, yeah. And you know, I just I, there's a lot I appreciate about you. I feel like we are we're uh, you know brothers from a different mother. We have a, a really uh, you know there's a lot lot of resonance in uh, in our work, and so I'm I'm super excited to have you on. Particularly today, we want to uh, you and I were having a bit of a conversation online around mm. kind of how COVID is impacting different parts of the world differently, and um, originally I reached out because I saw that 
there was it was down to like double digit number of cases in Australia. I think it was yeah. like twelve cases or something like that in the entire yeah. country, which was which was unbelievable. Um, and I wanted to kind of pick your brain on that. So can you tell us, kind of paint a picture yeah. of what the last you know four or five months have been like uh, in Australia, and then particularly what the impact that it's had on the church specifically? Yeah, yeah look, um, bizarre, surreal, crazy season we've had in Australia, like the world has had. So we're no different in that regard. Yeah. Uh, Australia's been, because it's an island continent, so it's a huge island. So to give you a bit of a, a, a case, you know, a bit of a context for the scenario, Australia is as big as continental USA. So New York to LA is a bit like Sydney to Perth, from east coast to um, west coast of Australia. However, we only have 25 million people in that space. Right. And the state that I live in, Western Australia, is a third of that space. So if you think of a third of the continental wow. USA, that's the yes. state I live in, Western Australia. It has two and a half million people in it. So it's a lot wow. of, we've got a lot of spare land here, Rich. Yes, um, lots of open land. <laughs> lots of desert, lots of desert. And uh, the city I live in, Perth, a city of two million people, is the most isolated big city in the world. So to give you an idea, in Western Australia, um, our state, we've only had nine people die from the coronavirus. Hmm. Wow. Only nine. Across the whole of Australia, we've only had 123 deaths. Wow. Uh, Those figures are crazy when I look at the stats coming from overseas. The level of death has been, you know, infinitesimal compared to places like, you know, the States, Brazil, various parts of Europe and the UK and so on. So uh, interestingly, at the disease level, the pandemic level, the impact has been really minimal. We don't want to downplay any death, but minimal comparative to the rest of the world. Um, We've done a hard lock border on our state in West Australia, so it's very hard to get into our state, very hard to get out of it. We've had no community transmission for three months, um, wow. The only people with the virus are people who are coming home from overseas or from another part of Australia. So what's interesting from us um, is that the impact of lockdown, shutdown, economic, mental health has been hugely uh, detrimental, hugely significant for our nation, mm-hmm. even though the health impact has been minimal. Um, one so, of our just before we, uh, there's one piece I want to I want to insert in there. So, mm. um, before we move on, so three months without any community transmission, and you you're still in significant lockdown. Like yeah. this is, you know, yeah. people cannot come and go from your state. I want to underline that for people because yeah. I, I think that's an important piece. Uh, what kind of restrictions are there culturally, and then how is that impacting the church? What does that specifically look like for the church uh, yeah, in its current state? Different in different parts of Australia. So we have a state right. system, and so some states have severe lockdown. Victoria, where Melbourne, a city of 5 million people, is in severe lockdown, very restrictive lockdown. From tomorrow night, you can't go outside your house unless you have a mask on. They're going to make it illegal to not wear a mask. Um, So here in Perth, not so bad. Um, So you have places like parts of Australia where churches can no longer meet at all, um, and they've gone from not meeting to, oh, we can start to meet now, very restricted numbers, etc. but now no meeting. Um, here in our state, we've been able to gradually come back to a level of meeting where social distancing is still the norm, 
Um, but in our state, in my city, uh, you can go to church and it's fairly unlimited numbers, but it is related to two square metre rule of how many people you can have in a building. But a lot of small churches are really back to meeting almost as normal without right. social yeah. distancing. Um, right. But you have other parts of Australia where they can't sing. Um, and in Sydney, another state, New South Wales, people aren't allowed to sing in church at all. In Melbourne, they can't even go to church. So it's quite bizarre where across the nation you have a range of different legalities that pastors have to wrestle with um, in their scenarios. I think I think Perth, where I live, is probably the most fortunate in those regards where the restrictions are very limited. However, trying to get out of a state or get back into the state is well nigh impossible. Right, right. So you're, yeah, you're not doing any travel to Europe. Uh, I'm no, not going to Europe this year. I can't even yeah, get absolutely. out of the state to visit another part of Australia at the moment. It is. Yeah, uh, that's incredible. It is frustrating. Yeah, and I, that, that's interesting around. So a couple things, part of the reason why um, listeners, why I wanted John on was in some ways I felt like, oh, this is kind of like peering into the future a little bit. It's giving us a sense of where we're headed. And, um, you know, this idea of, hey, you know, long time with no community transmission, there's in, in your particular state. Yeah. Um, but we're still, uh, you know, in pretty significant lockdown, this idea of the kind of two square feet. Uh, can you um, roll that out a little bit more? Explain that. What's that actually look like? So it's like your people are measuring the size of their rooms and then, yeah. you know, depending on that, that's, that's it. That, it, it limits their numbers. Yeah. So it's a metric system, two, two square meter rule. Square per meters, person. right. Yeah. Um, so what's that about? I oh, know it's nine square feet or maybe 12 square feet, something like that, um, yeah. where you, you have to measure out your room and one person per two square meters. And then once you've reached that limit, uh, and police are visiting churches. They're visiting. All oh, sorts interesting. Of, oh, yeah. They're visiting all sorts of places to see if people are uh, matching it. Churches are getting fined in Australia who are not holding to that rule. So um, right. we're encouraging churches, look, be be super strict. Be very careful, you know, honour honor the regulations. We have, you know, Australia's dodged the health bullet. There's no doubt about that. 123 deaths. People would be shocked to hear that low number. Um, the economic bullet we're not dodging, but the health one we have. So um, churches, what's interesting, I think, in terms of churches, Rich, is that smaller churches seem to be doing it better in terms of mm-hmm. attendance levels now post um, post the lockdowns compared to pre-COVID attendance levels. Some smaller churches where they've got 50, 60, 70 people coming before COVID found even on their first Sunday back, they had 60 people back. People were back hmm, and into interesting. it. Um, talking to one small church pastor here in our city, he said the vibe was fabulous on their first Sunday back. They basically had 60 people, normal numbers. Um, People had to do distancing, couldn't sit together, you know, had to have space seats and all that sort of thing and couldn't hug and kiss, et cetera. But he said it was great. But then you talk to the medium and larger sized churches, they're the ones that are struggling more with attendance levels down to about 60 to 80% of what was uh, pre-COVID attendance levels. Okay. And also finding um, a reluctance for people to come back to church. People have got into a rhythm of online church and Mm -hmm. how convenient and easy that is comparatively to getting dressed, get in the car, park, get in. (laughs) You know, it's kind of done and dusted in 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and you're sitting in your sitting in your, in your BJs going to church sort of thing. Um, but that's been an interesting feedback is that 
pastors are finding even leaders who are struggling to come back to church. Right, um, right. Solid, good leaders, members of their right. church who are saying, actually, I kind of like online. And right. um, I've been encouraging pastors where you, you might have to pull out the old, the old pastoral visit out of your toolkit bag, dust it <laughs> off, and go and knock on a few doors and say, you know, what's what's going on here? Um, because right. especially in church where you've got a hundred, couple hundred people, if you had a few key leaders starting to say, look, I'm happy you got online, um, right. well, I'm not sure that wants, that's really going to work for us long term. So been right. interesting. Yeah, we keep seeing that there is this seems to be this persistent pattern we're seeing in the states of uh, it's the, the the thirds rule 30, 30, 30 or 33, 33, 33, where we're seeing, you know, churches that are opening up are seeing somewhere around 30, 33 percent wow. um, of attendance. Yep. And then and then there's a middle when they survey their people, they're seeing a kind of a middle third that's saying, you know, I'm just not sure I want to come back if there's masks or we can't sing yeah. or we can't, you know, yeah. like if there's some sort of restriction, they're not really interested. And then there's as much as a third that have gone either completely AWOL, like we don't, yeah. like they're not yeah. responding to our calls or emails, like they've, they just, we just don't know where they're at. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that it seems like there's almost a similar pattern there again with larger churches yeah. um, in this time. Yeah, I think I think it is similar. Definitely, I think the smaller churches are finding the higher percentage of people returning. Yep. And yep. then as the size of the church grows, you kind of got this inverse proportion going down of people in mm-hmm. attendance. Um, I haven't heard too many of the third, third, third. It's been more the kind of 60% are turning up, and then you've got maybe okay. 20% have gone AWOL, just like where, okay. where they yep, disappeared yep. to. There's almost, um, and I've been telling pastors, probably in, in our Australian cities, there's probably now a floating 10 to 20% of churchgoers who are just eh, dropping out. And yep. I'm telling pastors, you want to get some Facebook ads going because those people need to get back into church but are mm-hmm. quite likely to end up just going to another church for a whole range of reasons um, mm-hmm. I said, don't don't ignore that group because they've dropped out for all sorts of reasons, and some of them, for them, are very valid of why they've stopped going to their church. And pr- probably people have also used this time to pull the lever of going, you know, what I wasn't totally happy in my church, and now I'm kind of out of the habit. And what am I going to do? And I don't think I'll go anywhere. But I'm I'm thinking pastors need to think about how do you actually shepherd those wandering sheep. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, and I love that idea of kind of uh, high, high touch, high tech, you know, old school, yep. knock on a few doors as well as yep. do some Facebook ads, yep. you know, try to get out in front of people. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good uh, insight for sure. Now, when you when you see, um, you know, obviously you have a, a good view of the church all over the place, but specifically in Australia, what's happening on the financial front? What has been kind yeah. of the, the pulse of what's been happening in churches? Yeah, fascinating. That that was the one big thing back in March when this all uh, occurred and blew up. That's the one big thing that I, I looked at and thought, oh, my goodness, churches are going to get hammered here and smashed here. So um, on two two fronts, churches have been very quick, as you can imagine, to switch to digital giving, online giving, right. app giving, anyway, anyway. Um, but also um, churches also have been very savvy to establish um, for people who, who don't want to do online giving, establishing ways where people can give cash. So I've heard mm. so many stories of, of churches, you know, people turning up to their church with their cash offering, obviously not on a Sunday during the week and saying, 
Pastor, I'm not doing online giving, but here's my cash for the last couple of weeks and I'll turn up, you know, if you can have a box here or something, um, I'll turn up and keep giving you cash. So people are still doing that, which is remarkable. And I think also um, in Australia, uh, Rich, um, our government has uh, had a thing called JobKeeper, where if you were employed and your business, um, or let's, let's just stick with churches, if your church dropped income by 15% year to year, so say April this year compared to April last year, then you got a government subsidy for every person employed by the church. And the subsidy was $3,000 a month. Now, some a lot of part-time church workers, and you know churches employ a lot of part-time people, yeah. weren't getting anywhere near $3,000 a month. <laughs> And so they basically could kind of do their work from home. They didn't have to stop working, couldn't go into the office, but they would get more pay and then the church wouldn't have to dip into their funds to keep them on the payroll. So in a remarkable way where churches have dropped that 15% of income, they're actually, you know what pastors are telling me? They're saying, look, I think we're going to do better this year than previous years because of the government subsidies. I mean, it's quite remarkable and there's – there is no um, – the government has said, we'll do this for six months with no checks. You just tell us what's going on and we'll give you the money. It's just like throwing money out to keep the economy ticking over. So the majority of churches I'm talking to, they've either gone you know, slightly off the pace, 10% to 20% financially, or they're actually mm-hmm. doing on budget, and some churches unbelievably are ahead of budget. Um I haven't heard of many churches getting financially smashed through this in Australia. Yeah, I've heard a similar, uh, you know, similar kind of reports. Obviously, as the government steps back its liquidity, um, you know, I think will it'll be interesting to see what happens to the economy. And and you know, it seems like globally, at least in the West, there is a commitment to, um, hey, we're going to keep these programs going. Yeah. Um, as long as in, you know, into the future and, you know, we're not sure when that is, but like we're, but I, I do, I wonder what's going to happen when that liquidity pulls back. And I've heard the same kind of thing where, Mm. um, you know, there's frankly a lot of churches who actually are doing quite well in the season. You know, I was talking to an executive pastor recently who, uh, who we were on a call talking about some other stuff and we got talking about this issue and, and he said to me, he said, you know, I don't, I don't really want to make like a big deal about this, but like we're having our best year ever. Like it's, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it's, they're, they're actually banking cash because yeah. frankly, they're a multi-site church. They rent a bunch of locations. They haven't been renting those locations. Um, you know, they're not paying for that, but their, you know, their revenue is still staying basically on par. And so, um, you know, I think like a lot of things, healthy churches that went into it, um, you know, they were, they've continued to do well. You know, it's interesting on the, the attendance dropout question. It's, it's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen this in, dyna- in dynamics in the past. I've seen um, when we do like a capital campaign or, uh, you know, that kind of like, let's try to get people plugged yeah. in that we, yeah. we will see, you know, a 10, 15% reduction in attendance. You know, you'll, we'll see that people yeah, will step true. out that's and, true. and it could be the similar kind of dynamic we're facing in this season. Yeah, I think, I think because we're asking people to kind of make a commitment. Yeah. Now, when you think about the future, kind of, you know, you p- peek up over the horizon a little bit. What's the what's the prognosis for the patient in Australia where, you know, kind of what are they what are they saying? What's your what's your thinking? What's kind of coaching? What's the standard thing you're saying to Australian churches uh, these days as you in- inter- interact with leaders? Yeah. 
Um, there's probably a number of things. One on the finance, I'm encouraging every pastor to listen to me, build up your cash reserves. Um, stay frugal on your expenditure. Um, so build up your cash reserves because 2021 has got so many unknowns around it that you just want to go into next year strong financially. Definitely one of the things I'm encouraging the, to, to do. I think also looking into the future, I'm really encouraging churches to find out all right, you've had you've had to go online, live streaming or pre-recording, whatever. Um, work out what you need for your church. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of smaller churches, you know, churches under 80, under 90, um, who are going to go, you know what, we did all the online stuff, um, but it's just too hard to sustain that into the next season. And I think the hybrid thing I'm saying to those churches is, look, if you can't do your online service because you don't have the team or the resources to get it done, at least then lean strongly into one social media channel. Don't try and do them all. Don't try and master Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Pick one channel and become an expert in that. And if you pick up online streaming of your service again, fair enough. But at the very least, the minimum baseline is become expert in one area of social media and really work that marketplace because that's where people gather. I think for your medium and large churches, I'm saying, look, find a way to work the online service into what you do as a church. Start your Facebook campus, start your online location campus um, Mm -hmm. and resource it and put people into it. And it's very doable. There's a, a church here in a country part of Western Australia, Rich, church of 200 people, in a mining port, they um, export iron ore out of that primarily to China, and it has a high churn rate. It's in a desert area, so a lot of people are coming and going all the time. But they've been doing online streaming for three years as a church before COVID, and they've just taken it to the next level, and they're really setting themselves up for post-COVID to be very much, hey, we're online as well as on-site. So, I think churches of 200 plus, and I'm, I'm talking database there, not attendance. So a church of 100 attendance is pulling that off, um, you know, putting resources into it and doing it very well. I think medium and large churches should really think strongly. This is what I'm telling them. Uh, think strongly about how to position yourself for ongoing with online plus social media. So if you have to drop one thing, drop the online service. If you have to drop it, drop that, but do not drop the social media. Get expert at that. Think also uh, one thing I'm telling uh, pastors, Rich, is I'm encouraging them rather than telling them, <laughs> encourage them and say, "Look, you're so used to talking to a camera now. Um, why don't you set up a regime where every week you do a little bit of uh, training and drop it into the camera, five minute segments on maybe ten things of training for small group leaders, and set up a YouTube channel for it." Then maybe training for youth leaders, training for, I don't know, whatever area of leadership development. And whenever a small group leader says, I've got a real problem with it, you know, overly argumentative, discussing, you know, really loud person in my group, what do you do? You say, hey, we've got just the training already for you. Here's the link. Go and watch this. This will really fix you up. Watch it, and then we'll do a bit of coaching and you'll be fine. So I think that whole level now of pastors so used to looking at cameras, the brilliant thing out of this, the smart pastors will go, hey, I can download a lot of training onto YouTube and have it there ready to go for when a problem pops up or when a training is needed. You know, that just-in-time training sort of concept. Um, yeah, I love so it. 
whenever I say that to pastors, you know what happens? I used to say this. I've been saying this to pastors for a few years to do this, Rich, but they, their right. eyes glaze over. But now you know what they do? They say, I see the spark in their eyes. I go, oh, yeah, I could do that because I'm yeah, used absolutely. to a camera. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's great. I love that idea. And, and again, that's the kind of thing uh, I don't, we don't want to lose the good things that we've gained in this season, right? We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, let that slip. I love the idea of picking a channel, you know, for a, a smaller church that may be a little bit overwhelmed. This has been an interesting season. I, I was coaching a church early. This was in, that was in April and um, they were, the kind of church that the senior pastor said to me, he said, Hey, you know, I, I wouldn't have got up and preached against Facebook before, but I was just not into social media. Like I, I just didn't, you know, I, I would take the chance to dig people who, you know, spent too much time on social media, but he said, you know what, all this stuff happened. Yeah. And within a week, I told all our staff, you got to get on Facebook. You got to get, you know, we, we need this, this stuff. And um, and that we don't want to lose that, you know, we don't want to lose that edge. Um, we want to find ways to stay, uh, stay connected for sure. I think on the uh, cash was, sorry, go ahead. I, I think one of the things I, I've said over these months, the tragedy of this season, um, going to the next season, the tragedy will be churches that go back to doing nothing on online or social media. And that's why I'm saying to pastors, if you can't keep online streaming going, at the very least, become an expert in one channel and go crazy in that. Because if out of this, you just go back to doing on-site and nothing online, I just think that would be tragic. What a waste of a season of sorrow. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think in the short term, you know, measured in months or at least for the next few years, um, you know, as even as you're seeing, you know, the, the numbers are so far down, but it's still having dramatic impact on what's happening. Yeah. That is the future we're headed for. You know, we we're headed for a season until this thing gets under control, until we find a vaccine that, um, you know, we're, we're going to need to probably be able to, I've been saying to people, you know, we, we need to be at least in this season, be able to, um, uh, you know, oscillate back and forth between in-person and online that you don't want to give up the online because even if we open, there are going, there's going to be a bunch of people that aren't going to want to come back and we may still have to step back into fully online. Like we're, and we're seeing that we're seeing churches that have opened and then because of one reason or another are, are unable to, you know, to move forward and with that. And so they've had to go back, you know, to just online. Totally. When you think about the cash reserve issue, I know uh, as an executive pastor, that's one of those like, it's like the question guys ask each other or executive pastors ask each other at conferences, like, hey, how many weeks you got on cash yeah, reserve? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, the numbers now in hindsight, were all way too low. Yeah. Uh, but what is what, if a church was to ask you, hey, what is a reasonable amount that we should be trying to to hold on reserve? Um, what, what what are you coaching churches on that front? I definitely shoot for at least three months. And if you can get to six months, brilliant. That'd be the range I'd be thinking. Um, I mean, yeah, some that's great. I get more than that, fab- fabulous. But aim for at least three months so that you've got some buffer, and if and just just spend less in the season so that you can even increase it. If you're already at three months, see if you can get to four months, um, just right. to give you some buffer and some bit of bit of peace around that cash flow area. Because next year is such an unknown, I think, Rich, for all of us and what we're doing. Yeah, it's yeah. Who knows? And it, it is, um, you know, extra cash. 
you know, just gives us more runway. It gives us the ability to, to act, you know, in fact, I've been so humbled to see churches who, who have those, those cash reserves have really healthy cash reserves who in this season have been able to act and do amazing ministry because they know, Hey, we can step in and we can invest those resources. Now, Uh, you know, you've provided this great resource. I, I, I want to, talk through a little bit just to give people a sense you know of it we're going to link to it in uh in today's show notes it's called live streaming frustrating you get better results today uh talk me through this pdf uh this uh, this is so helpful i I know there's people that are listening in that are like man where was this two months ago but tell us about this this resource (laughs) yeah look this is a great resource and um look i I also need to let you know it's on our website um on our blog perfect um, but written by a friend of mine. And when he wrote it, he wrote it in like a four-part blog series. And I said to Derek, he's a pastor here in Perth, I said, look, could I put that on my website? And he said, sure. And I turned it into a PDF so pastors could download it. So it really it really helps churches of all different sizes. So if you're a, you're a smaller church, um, this will be full of information for you. It's not designed for churches with masses amount of money and resources. It's designed for the whole spectrum of churches, mm-hmm. camera, lighting, audio, streaming. It's got everything there, Rich. It's really a great resource and uh, happy to share that around uh, with anybody who yeah, it's- is a bit frustrated by live streaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so helpful, and I, you know, I know my uh, my my mom, my dear mom, reached out to me, and she was saying, um, you know, her, I guess it's her sister in law, her church was. Um, you know, struggling. They weren't doing this. was This was six weeks ago. They weren't doing any right. streaming at all. Yeah. And uh, they were just doing the kind of the pastor was writing a devotion and kind of emailing it out to people. And yeah. the pastor, you know, said, "Oh, I, we need to do something about that." And my mom reached out and she said, "Hey, you know what? You know what do you think they should do?" And I said, "Exactly what you have in here." I'm like, "You know what? The iPhone is the best. Is your best yep. friend. You yep. know, you do not need a huge camera, but you've provided some extra help here around lighting and." And, you know, some other tools to really help with that. So we'll, we'll provide a link to that so people can uh, pick that up. It's a great tool. That's fantastic. Why why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Grow a Healthy Church? What is it you do? I know, um, I know you've got the hub. I'd love you to tell us, tell us about the hub. Tell us about how you engage with churches. Yeah, there's probably two main ways, Rich. One is uh, I do on-site and online consulting with churches. So I go into a church or doing online consults as well uh, for three or four days and do a complete analysis of all different areas of the church, from discipleship to services to finances to leadership development to evangelism, and also a couple areas around the pastor's life as well. Um, do a bundle of training, leader interviews, and then do a report at the end of the four days and basically give the church a pathway for the next 12 months. And then I coach the pastor for 12 months. We get online every month and talk through the recommendations and how they're tracking and so on. And I've done 130 plus of these uh, in different parts of the world now uh, through Europe, UK, Australia, New Zealand. And uh, that's the primary thing I do. The second thing I do is I have a members hub. Uh, the hub is where basically I have roadmaps, quick wins, masterclasses, all sorts of training that kind of aligns with all the areas of church health. Again, from discipleship to services to leadership development to growing your church, uh, the hub provides all the resources you need for that. And since COVID's come along, I've actually switched the hub into being a live training mechanism. So uh, every second Wednesday, I go live with my hub members. We get on Zoom 
and I do some training with them. Uh, I bring guests into that forum, and that's that, that's worked really brilliantly, actually, and probably will be part mm. of the ongoing hub uh, feature. And um, the hub is available. The first month is on me, Rich. I give away the first month, so you can <laughs> nice. take it for a test drive. Check it all out. And then it's um, at the moment it's fifteen dollars a month, uh, very inexpensive. But that price is going to uh, go up in the near future because there's so many resources there now. And yeah, growahealthychurch.com, and uh, you can check out the hub and the blog, and I've got free resources there as well. And uh, connect with me, and got a Facebook group if you want to join the Grow a Healthy Church Facebook group as well. Great place to interact. Well, I'd encourage listeners to check out John and check out everything he does, the hub and, you know, even a coaching experience like that. Uh, You know, he's the kind of leader who loves leaders and wants to help, wants to get in your corner and uh, do what he can to help you, help you and your church really push forward. And so uh, I'd strongly recommend that you, uh, you check him out. John, anything else you'd love to share just as we wrap up today's episode? Yeah, just look, I'd encourage pastors as you head back into the re-entry rebooting phase Um, Make sure you've got some downtime. Uh, This has been a very stressful, exhausting season for pastors. Uh, Get in some vacation time. Have a staycation if you can't go away. Uh, Get a bit of a holiday, a bit of downtime because the stress of re-entry, I think, is just as much as the stress of the online sort of scenario we're throwing into the deep end of the pool a few months ago. So pastors, find some downtime, some unwinding time, some de-stressing time to rebuild your energy for the next season. That's great. John, I appreciate you being on the show today. Thanks so much for what you do to care for churches. And thanks for giving us a bit of an insight of what's going on in your backyard. Thanks, Rich. Great to be with you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>